Welcome to the Doxa Dialogue, a podcast about living life on mission for the glory of God. My name is David Rudy. I'm the pastor at Doxa Church, and I am finally joined by my beautiful wife, my bride, Julie Rudy. Hello, listeners. It's so good to be back. It's been a while, about nine months since I had Dawson. Yeah, the people have been clamoring, wanting you back, Julie. And I just kept telling them, it's going to happen one of these days. We're going to do this. Yes, we're in a much better rhythm with Dawson. So we are able to carve out some time to get going on the podcast. Yeah, and we have six podcast sessions that we want to do on parenting. Yes, it is a very complex subject. And when David mentioned that we were going to do a podcast on parenting, I thought, oh man, (laughs) how do you even start on that? Yeah, we're learning as we go. Absolutely. We're not experts. Not at all. As we're in the thick of it, we're going to the Bible and we're looking at biblical principles. What are these biblical passages that we can cling on to? And so we really just thought, why don't we share the principles, the specific applications, maybe some common sense, practical things that we've been learning as we've just been working through it together. And we thought we'd share that with you. Yeah. As we said, we're in the thick of it with a lot of you all. We go to scripture. We talk to wise people. One thing that we were told early on in our parenting was find an older couple that has kids that you want your kids to be like and you Mm -hmm. pick their brain Mm -hmm. and we have a few couples in our life like that and that have spoken into us and continue to we read books we listen to podcasts so this is kind of a culmination of all of that for where we're at in our parenting Mm -hmm. today yeah And our prayer is that this conversation will help you, that this conversation that you're listening to will spur other conversations. And we always love to hear your feedback. And yeah, I mean, if you feel inadequate, just take encouragement from Moses. You know, Moses was like, God, you have the wrong guy. (laughs) And Moses was asked by God, well, what do you have in your hand? (laughs) Staff. (laughs) Staff, yeah. And we don't have to have all the answers. We just have to use what God has put in front of us, what he's given us. Yeah, I like to think of it this way. I often think, man, I wish that each one of our kids came with a manual (laughs) that would explain their inner workings of their emotions and their heart. And the Lord didn't give us that. It's part of the fun, Julie. This is the way he designed it. It's yes. part. I mean, what else will we be talking about at night, like late at night, as we're trying to figure out the inner workings yes. of our kids? I know what you mean, though. But he did. The Lord did give us His Word with mm-hmm. principles, and um, we're just gonna draw some of those principles out. Yeah, I mean, you are teaching them something every single day, whether you realize it or not. And you're not the only one who is going to be teaching your kids different things. So make the most of those precious days. And I mean, the big picture is teach them how to think truthfully about God and his world. I mean, it goes without saying, parenting is all about pointing your kids to Jesus Christ. When they know Christ, that's going to solve all the problems. 
Yes, when they are in crisis, if they can learn to run to the Lord, mm-hmm. you know you've done something right. Yeah, absolutely. So our plan is to take a passage of scripture. Every episode, we're going to take a different verse, and we're going to break it down and apply it. So Julie, do you want to give us the passage for today? Yes, we are going to go to Ephesians 6. You probably are very familiar with this passage, especially the first couple verses, which we're not actually going to talk about today. We will on another episode, but we're going to go to verse four. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. We're really going to hone in today on specifically that second part. Bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Another version is nurture and admonition. Mm -hmm. Uh, So those words are similar, kind of maybe one sticks out more for you. But I was laughing when David sent me the content that he had for this for me to look over. And he titled this podcast, Don't Be a Jerk and Don't Be a Pushover. Yes. Both of those elements are right here in this verse. Yes. At first I was like, man, this is our first podcast. Wow. Let's just get right to it. It's really easy though, if you think about it and you just look at your human nature, it's easy for some people just to naturally be a pushover. They want to be best friends. They want their kids to just get along and, and be pals. And if that's your mindset, you're going to give in to everything. You're going to be a pushover. That's not helping your kid. Actually, it's going to be provoking your child to wrath down the road. You're allowing them to be selfish. Right, right. And then for others, it's way more natural in your flesh, your sin nature, to just come down with an iron fist. You become a jerk, like shouting commands. You're authoritarian. Angry. Do it my way. Yeah. And I mean, honestly, I can almost... I can tend towards both of these though. Like every parent, if, you, mm-hmm. if you're if you not careful, you can go to one extreme or the other. You can even bounce back and forth between both extremes. You can be a pushover. You can just let your kids get away and not be consistent with discipline. Or you, then you just snap at some point and like you've let it go, you've let it go, you've let it go. And then it's like, you're bothering me. Stop it. So both extremes are very, very problematic. So, Julie, why don't we, first of all, define discipline? Because that's a pretty key word in this entire verse. Yeah, there's a lot of different ways I think you can define the word discipline. You can think of discipline as the military. You're very consistent. You're very on top of things daily. Mm -hmm. You can also think of the word discipline as you're instilling consequences Mm -hmm. in a consistent manner. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you're bringing them up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord or the discipline and the instruction of the Lord, you can also summarize that by just saying you're giving them the gospel. You're giving them a biblical worldview. Right. In everything in life, you're teaching them the truth of this is who God is. This is what sin is. This is selfishness. This is God. Like this is justice, right? So we have to have that centered around the gospel. Otherwise, we're giving them mixed messages. Yeah. And with that, the phrase, bringing them up in the discipline instruction of the Lord, the nurture and admonition, you can apply this to so many different 
avenues of parenting and things that come up. You can ask ask yourself in a question, Mm -hmm. is my response to my child bringing them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord? Mm. Is this decision we make as a family going to help them be brought up to be nurtured in the Lord, to be nurtured in the gospel? Yeah. I think you should give a couple examples of those. All right, well, one example that comes to mind immediately is this morning, I was taking Beckham and Paxton to school. We were actually great. We were, we were totally on time. We were early. But Paxton couldn't find his jacket. And Yeah, welcome to the South right now. In the morning, you have to have a coat. And <laughs> yeah. by 11, you probably yeah. don't. It's also hard to get a consistently good jacket with this In weather, the South. Too. Yeah. It's like you can't a buy hoodie. a thick one. Yeah, it's kind of like a hoodie. So anyway, yeah, that's basically Paxton's jacket right now is a hoodie. All right, so we're looking for the jacket. We can't find it. Well, the hoodie. Can't find it. Can't find it. And I eventually just told Paxton, hey, look, just grab this. It was a vest. You know, one of those poofy vests. Take this. It'll be fine. Just go with it. We got to go. And Paxton was not having it. Like, he immediately started crying about it. No, I can't, Dad. I can't. He's, like, arguing with me about it. I was like, no, just go with it. I helped look a little bit longer. I was like, all right, Paxton. We got to go. Take this. No more questions. Let's let's go. We're going. And he broke down, threw a fit, started going at me. Like, Dad, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. Like, really upset. So I was like, all right. And, I mean, we talk about apple cider vinegar a decent amount. We don't do this every day. This is not This is not a this very This is like a Rudy occurrence. family hack in yeah. case you didn't know. Yeah, but he was very disrespectful to me with like I'm not doing that and I was like all right you don't talk to your dad that way you're gonna have apple cider vinegar gave him apple cider vinegar and eventually he came out to the car and so here we are we're driving to school I was upset and I said hey look I'm sorry for how I got upset too at you Paxton but what did you learn from this And I just asked him what did you learn from this and he's like well don't be disrespectful to your dad I was like thank you Paxton I'm glad you learned that that's right And what else can we learn from this? And I just started pointing out, you need to learn to be flexible. But you weren't flexible with the jacket that I gave you. It's not perfect, right? Because you don't have long sleeves. And he was going into this whole thing with the sleeves not being there. It's like, I get that. It wasn't ideal. It wasn't perfect. But in the situation, you just had to work with what you had. For one day, it would have been fine. And then I was like, okay, and what else did this? What else happened? Because you got all mad started going crazy, it woke up Monroe and it woke up Dawson. So you're also being selfish because you weren't being aware of what was going on in your surroundings. So with every discipline opportunity, spend the time to talk through the biblical aspects that are in play. You can take everything back to the Lord with your kids and conflict that arises on a daily basis. Yeah. I mean, if you let your kids get away with annoying things that annoy you, they're going to do annoying things for other people. So it's consistently like lovingly coming to them and saying like, hey, you know what? Here's why you don't need to do this. (laughs) What is that communicating to others around you? And you're always getting them to think about how their actions affect other people. It goes back to we are to consider others more significant than ourselves because that's what Jesus did when he went to the cross. Right. As we think through teaching our kids 
the gospel, giving them gospel in the way that we are bringing them up. We can't do that unless we ourselves are saturated in it. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be a go-to mm-hmm. unless we know it. It really is a challenge for us as parents Yeah. to say, hey, look, when my child is sinning, let's say they are lying, mm-hmm. which is a big no-no in our house. We do not tolerate lying in this house. It is Satan is the father of lies. It is ugly and disgusting, and it gets dealt with pretty heavily. But let's say our kid is lying. I have to be saturated in the gospel to know Satan's the father of lies. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to come alongside you and teach you that, Mm -hmm. to instruct you in that. And talk about the consequences of it. Like, this brings pain down the road. Any parent worth their salt knows that they are teaching their kid how to function in society. But Christian parents are really on the next level beyond that. You're teaching your kid how to shine light into the world. And God has established the home to teach authority and structure. So if you look at this phrase, do not provoke, that's something that I have to think about a lot because I can lose my temper in a disciplinary situation. And there's a lot of ways that we can actually provoke our own children to anger in the way that we discipline or in the way that we don't discipline and the inconsistency of our discipline that can provoke your child to anger as well yeah that right there makes me think of being consistent in parenting one thing that i've noticed in our parenting where we get off is in just the little thing of our schedule and routines Mm -hmm. and let's say we have three nights in a row where our kids are up late and then that day four they're all cranky and tired, talking back. Yeah. Yeah, they are sinning, but did I provoke them to do that because I wasn't doing my part in managing our home better? Yeah, a lot of times if you're having a bunch of problems with your kids, I mean, the first thing is always look at, well, are they saved yet? Do they know Jesus Christ yet? If not, just keep giving them the gospel. But yeah, think through their schedule, your routine, How hectic has it been? How much screen time have they had? Have they been around like their grandparents or, you know, their friends? Like, what sugar? Yeah. Like, like, just think through all those things because that's part of your parenting is controlling and protecting what they're allowed to inhale and intake, right? Because those things have a massive influence on young kids. And that makes me actually think of Proverbs. It talks a lot about being foolish and when it's easy for kids to make foolish decisions Mm -hmm. you don't have to be around little kids very long to realize that Mm -hmm. but are we making choices to pull that foolishness out even more by our inconsistencies Mm -hmm. or are we having some foreknowledge to see uh how we can make them make wise choices. Yeah. And when kids are older, you're going to have to still help them out with their schedule, right? The older they get, the more liberty they have, the more ability they have to make their own schedule. But there's going to have to be a time there where you actually help your kid think through, wait a minute, maybe I shouldn't say yes 
to all three of these things. Maybe I should only say yes to two of these things because what's going to really happen? Because if I say yes to all of this, I'm going to be saying no to something else. And like, what are you saying no to? Are you saying no to your time with God? Are you saying no to your church or your youth group or whatever that is? Like, so those are, those are big things to think through. And also boundaries, like rules with your phone. In a way, if you really think through this whole concept and you extrapolate it out to an older teen in the home or a preteen, a little tween, how are you helping them set up for success? Are you teaching them how to have discipline and self-control when it comes to screen time, when it comes to phones and those kind of things? Because if it's just like, oh yeah, here you go, go at it, have at it, do whatever you want to do. Well, you're provoking them to make bad decisions. And is that raising them in the nurture and admonition of the Lord, in the discipline and the instruction of the Lord? Mm -hmm. You're handing them sin. They're handing them something that they aren't going to have the ability and the discipline to handle themselves. And at the end of the day, this really comes down to in your discipline, are you being a jerk? Are you being authoritative? Because if you are, if it's just do it my way, do what I say, don't ask any questions, and you're bulldozing over them and you're not letting them speak, you're not letting them process it and work it out, you're just demanding they conform the second you want them to, you're provoking them to anger. It's pretty obvious. So don't be a jerk. And also don't be a pushover. It's all about finding that balance. So let's talk about this phrase, breaking their will. Maybe you've heard that phrase before. Parents talking about, well, you have to break the kid's will. Like it can sound harsh, but what do Christians mean when they say that? Because some people are horrified at that phrase. Other people just say like, yeah, I do it. I have to break that child's will. So let's talk about that a little bit, Julie. Yeah. What we mean by that is actually your goal is to teach them to submit to higher authority, to submit to the Lord. And anytime your kid is not submitting to authority, they're being sassy, they're talking back, they're being disrespectful. You can always point to the higher authority, Mm -hmm. the Lord. Breaking their will really equals breaking the controlling and enslaving self-centered will. And it's about setting them free to joyful obedience, which is what those preceding verses talk about. Children obey your parents and the Lord. Right. And breaking their will, it's so important to start that at an early age. You don't have to be around kids very long to know that a one-year-old is very sinful. I have one example of this. When Beckham, he's almost 10 now, when he was, I don't know, probably 18 months or so, he was sitting in his high chair and he had a sippy cup and he kept tossing it off his tray on his high chair. And it just was loud and we told him, no, we don't throw our cup off. Kind of like throwing it off the table. We don't do that. And he did not like that we were telling him no. And I sat there with him for an hour and a half and I kept putting the cup back on the tray. He would drop it and I would just kind of tap his hand, put it back, tap his hand for an hour and a half and he would cry every time. And I was determined that he was going to start learning authority. Mm -hmm. At that young age, he was going to know 
I'm yeah. the, I'm in charge and he's going to listen to these simple things because if he can't obey this simple thing, how is he going to obey the bigger things? So that was it. I mean, we broke Beckham's will right there when he was one year old and we never had to worry about it ever again. <laughs> well, if only it was that easy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's just a consistent thing. But again, it's all about there's a sinful will that enslaves you and we want to eradicate that. Because that selfish will that's all about me and what I want, that eventually destroys and it creates a monster. So we want to cultivate a transformed heart that is surrendered to Jesus. And thankfully, Beckham knows the Lord now. And it's easier to do that because we can start talking about Jesus and what his will is for Beckham. And his heart is softened. But yeah, it's a consistent thing that it takes years and years and years before you really start seeing consistent results of their will has changed towards God. Right. And the ultimate goal in breaking the will is the ultimate authority. Mm -hmm. And part of understanding that is the authority of God's word. If Mm -hmm. you can't understand that there is a higher authority, you can't put your faith in the authority of God's word. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of a dangerous road to go down because then you don't have the word of God to come back to. You don't have the gospel Mm -hmm. to pull and discipline your kids through in the gospel. It's almost like a cycle. Mm -hmm. It's really all about as Christians, as adults, right? We are glorifying God when we are following his will, not ours. The entirety of the Christian life is surrendering our way to Christ And you're helping your kids see that from the very beginning to break their sinful enslaving will that's upped up in all of what they want. And you're pointing them to the higher authority. So it starts young. It really does. A really helpful way to think about this. And this was broken down for us a couple years ago. I don't know the original source of this, Mm -hmm. but it has been so almost revolutionary for me in the way I think through the big picture of the way we parent and yeah this is like psychology 101 but also mixed in with christian principles because i've heard this from a few different sources too so we've kind of combined a few a few sources into this yeah so basically we have three different phases that we're going to talk about the first one is from ages zero to six and This isn't a hard, fast line of, okay, there's six, now we turn to the next phase. One kid, it might be five, one kid, it might be seven, but this is called the cop phase. It's where you're focusing on discipline. You're training, this is right, this is wrong. You are establishing authority. So for example, you give your kids a colored plate and they get what they get and they don't throw a fit. You're establishing that I'm in charge here and you're Mm going to submit. Now, there is a little grace there. Okay, here's a yellow and a pink one you pick. Mm -hmm. I'm not trying to be that hard-nosed, but the cop, we call this the cop phase. And it's just about like, hey, you're primarily going to be focusing on I'm disciplining them to teach them right from wrong at this time. It's a lot of spanking. It's a lot of teaching consequences. It is a challenging phase, Because Mm -hmm. you have to be so consistent to ultimately win at it in the end. Yeah. The second phase is from about ages 7 to 13. And we call this the counselor phase. The dynamics shift a little bit. 
you ask more probing questions in your discipline to get to the heart of things. At this point, your kids should be really understanding the gospel. So some kids are saved at this point being raised in a Christian home. Some aren't. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, you're transitioning away from his majority discipline and now it's more instruction because Lord willing, hopefully they do understand right from wrong. They do understand a higher authority. They understand truth. So it's more of an instruction phase than it is straight up disciplining phase. And you've hopefully established in those earlier years consequences. So they know, okay, if I sin in this way, if I'm say unkind words or I disobey, Mm. there's going to be consequences for those actions. And you're starting this with the heart conversations as early as you can, because those heart conversations are a gateway into real mature conversations, like adult conversations that you want to have with your kids. So this one is so challenging because our job as a parent is to teach our kids how to communicate and have conversations. It's hard to teach your kids the gospel and instruct them if they can't understand what you're saying and they can't communicate back. Mm -hmm. And it's really hard in our society to do this. It's really kind of scary when you look around at kids and they're all on technology and they're not making eye contact Mm. and they're not having face-to-face interaction conversation. This is a topic that is going to come up in probably almost every of these podcasts. It's very near and near to David's heart. It's a, what are you doing with your kids and technology? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's not a bad thing. Right. I mean, it can become a bad thing, but it's a neutral tool. And if it's used the right way, it can be a good thing. It's also a neutral tool. If it's you're sloppy with it, it has devastating potential consequences as well. But yeah, I mean, this is a very important aspect of asking probing questions. You're digging into the heart and the mind of your child. So in this counselor phase, this instruction piece, you want to start having those deeper conversations with your kids, which... It starts out with pointing them to God, with just talking about truth and allowing them to ask more questions. You know, they'll ask them when they're ready. And the more conversations they even have with you as an adult, and if you put them in a position where they can have other conversations with other adults, and they don't just like live in kid world with all kids, but they actually get around some adults and even listen to other conversations. I'm not a big fan of the seen and not heard kind of philosophy. Your child should be seen and not heard. But there is still something very, very valuable in having your kids just observe adult conversation. And then they can ask questions about it later. They can kind of chime in here and there. That's that's appropriate. That's all part of our job in instructing our kids. Yep. And now in this last phase, what we call the coaching phase, this is the teen years, about age 14 to when they leave your home. We aren't there yet, but David, do you want to kind of expound what this phase looks like? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is more of an internship where ideally you already have a great relationship with them. You've already gone through a lot of the counseling aspects with them. And now you've transitioned into more of a mentorship with your child. You know, hey, what do you want to do? Okay, well, what was the result of that? What does God's word say about it? Like, these are the kind of questions you're asking. Like, hey, okay, I see what you're doing there. You know, what do you think Jesus would be doing in this situation? Again, you're not just 
disciplining all the time. You're not those deeper counseling type of type of scenarios. You're really just pointing them to Christ and working along with them as they come to the answers themselves. Like you're not giving as much information anymore. You're really just asking probing questions and you're facilitating the conversation and steering it back to Christ and where it needs to go. That's our goal. And here's the thing about this. So you have these three phases, right? Like the cop phase, the counselor phase, the coach phase. It's like discipline, instruction, mentorship. What people end up doing if they're not careful is they just completely flip it on its head. Yeah. And when their kid is little, when the kid needs the discipline, that's when they're more like the mentor. Oh, well, what do you want? Like, here's five options. Take a choice. You're doing that to a little kid who doesn't have the ability to process this. Their brain isn't even fully developed to the point where they can really handle those kind of decisions, right? And then it's like, okay, it's more of a counseling kind of approach. We're going to try to instruct you a little bit here and there. And then before you know it, you're like, oh, no, panic mode. My kid's 15. They don't want anything to do with me. They won't talk with me. And then it's, we're going to come down hard on the discipline. Then you're doing the cop phase when they're in high school, when you should have done that, when they were three and four and five, and then you'd have a much better relationship all the way through the stages all the way through. Yes. And we say all this knowing being in the throes of it, of how hard these things are. Yeah. It's, it's easy to flip this on top of its head. Yeah. And and we're going to make mistakes. Let's be real. Yeah. No parents are perfectly consistent. Yeah. We all have off days and off moments for sure. And just remember there's grace for that. Absolutely. There's grace. Well, I think we've been talking for a while, Julie. This is probably a good place to stop right here. I know. We have so much content. There's a lot more coming. Just as we close, I would ask a few questions in your parenting. How are you specifically bringing up your children to discipline them and instruct them in the Lord? How can you apply that in the next few weeks in your parenting and asking yourself, is this choice that I'm making for my family, for this specific child? Am I instructing them in the Lord or am I actually doing the opposite? It's a really good question. Great stuff. Do we have any resources? Yes, I would like to give a shout out to a book and a pamphlet. I've given this away to several people. It's been so helpful for me. This book is called Don't Make Me Count to Three by Ginger Hubbard. And it also comes with a calendar sized pamphlet called Wise Words for Mom. And in this chart, it is so helpful. If you do not have this resource, please go to Amazon right now. I think it's $3.99. Hmm. It has the sinful action the put off so that's what we should be putting off it has the put on action Mm -hmm. scripture and it has heart probing questions that you can ask as you are disciplining your child so Mm -hmm. let's say they are uh, selfish with their siblings or mean to their siblings okay how can we put that off what should we replace that with kindness Mm -hmm. and why did you do that to your sibling let's get to the heart of that So I highly recommend that. If you are not aware of that resource, check that out. That is a great resource, Julie. Thanks for sharing and thanks for having this conversation. I hope you enjoyed this. Hopefully this was helpful for you. 
If you have questions, feedback, please continue the dialogue with us and let us know. You can always share this podcast episode and please give us a review. All the engagement you give us helps spread the reach of this podcast. So thanks. Looking forward to doing it again. You are loved. Thank you.